HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, your host, Erica Watts. Oh, oh, here we go again. The apocalypse is upon us. Mm-hmm. It's coming and we need to be ready. If we're not ready this time, we may not get out alive because this time may be the real end of days people so prepare now while you have time you know like the mormons and the survivalists with their garages filled with oatmeal and and beans those big 50 gallon buckets of oatmeal they keep prepared bunkered hunkered and stocked prepped and armed well not armed with arms as we all know where that's leading us lately but armed with arms like like your real arms like toned and strong and ready to fight for your right to a healthy, foodiness-free life. Not arms that do nothing but flip off the top of a can of Pringles and text your friends and play Candy Crush all day. Not those kinds of arms. Those flabby, weak arms. Those are useless in an Armageddon-type situation. Start doing push-ups now, okay, people, before it's too late. Because, as I said, the apocalypse is upon us and time is running out. Now, I know we've been here before. I know I've warned you of the doom in past episodes, and I've advised you to be ready. I've alerted you to the coming cataclysmic event. And yes, I know that the word apocalypse implies a certain level of finality, as in the end. And the end hasn't actually come. 
despite all my warning and preaching. The end has not come yet, okay? But I haven't exactly been crying wolf. I've just been sending up warning flares, really, firing warning flares over your ship's bow, so to speak, just to wake everybody up, to alert us and to get us ready. Because now I think it's tipped. I think we're really here. It may have finally happened. The first early warning signs of this apocalypse were showing up like in late around late August and the drumbeats of it grew louder with each passing week as the days started to grow a little shorter and the pool water got chillier and the peaches were replaced by apples at the markets. I should have known. I mean, you know, of course I should have seen it coming. I did see it coming. I mean, why should this year be different from any other year? But but this year, uh, it's huge, and it's an all-consuming, everything-in-its-path monster that we can't evade or, or even destroy. And I think it's here for good, and I think it's a, about to eat us alive. It's here, and it's the pump-ocalypse. Yeah, the pump-ocalypse. Because this year, in advance of Halloween and Thanksgiving and all things autumnal, the pumpkin spice-flavored product mania has reached a higher fever pitch than in any ever recorded years past. Like, you know, going back 3,000 years of food history, the pumpkin spice mania has never been as high as it is today. You know, even in Pompeii, when they, you know, when that lava was flowing down the hills, not even back then. And it is a true sign of the apocalypse that the pumpkin spice mania has reached this fever pitch. And like I said, I actually think our days may be numbered because on September 5th of this year, September 5th, not even Labor Day, while I was shopping in a large suburban supermarket, well, shopping, I go in there to like buy onions and, you know, maybe yogurt, because what else can you buy in a supermarket? I came upon a row of end caps. End caps are those displays at the end of every aisle, FYI, in supermarket lingo, end caps. And the end caps featuring, you know, not one or two pumpkin spice flavored products, but 26 products 26 different pumpkin spice flavored items i have pictures i'm going to put them up on the website 26 and that was in september 26 items different pumps pumpkin space spice spice flavored items seven weeks before halloween or even before pumpkin season and those are just the ones that i saw and i counted my spies and my fans and my sister have all sent me pictures of pumpkin spice products that they've spotted in their regional supermarkets too because there may be regional differences in pumpkin spice products. I do not know. So what started out a few years back is so mildly offensive. You know, the stupid pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. It's, you know, kind of where it all came from. Has snowballed. A big orange snowball. And grown like a sugar-fed liver tumor. Into a massive orangey brown colored cinnamon and clove flavored wave of pumpkin washing over the American processed food scene. If you can sp- add pumpkin spice flavor to it, they'll do it. If you can pumpkin spice it, it's happening. Pumpkin spice soda, pumpkin spice beer, pumpkin spice jello pudding mix, pumpkin spice cake mix, muffin mix, donut mix, quick bread mix, pumpkin spice pancake syrup, pumpkin spice pancake mix. Tortilla chips, bagels, donuts, popcorn, chips, canned frosting, candy bars, pasta sauce, yogurt-like stuff in plastic tubes, a.k.a. Fogurt. You can't call it yogurt. 
pumpkin spice Oreos, pumpkin spice pancake mix, scented candles, soap, tampons, you name it, they've pumpkin spiced it. Now, I almost decided to not discuss this again this year because seriously, how many years have I been doing this show and how many years have I talked about pumpkin spice? Because I feared the wrath. I imagined all of you tuning in this week and thinking, oh, for Christ's sake, again, can't she let it go? Let it go. Let it go. Enough already with the pumpkin spice bitching. But no, I just had to do it again. I'm sorry. But you've come to expect this from me, haven't you? I had to do it again because it's totally out of control and insane. Insane. This pumpkin washing of the American food landscape is out of control. It has to be stopped. So we need pumpkin re-education camps, I think. Pumpkin re-education camps to be set up around the country. Stat. We're going to go around in buses, big orange buses, and we're going to capture people in the act of consuming pumpkin spice flavored shit. And we're going to take them away. We're going to kidnap them, put them in the cuffs. Don't worry, plastic cuffs. But we're going to put them in the cuffs and we're going to take them away to pumpkin re-education camps. And we're going to make them sit in a damp, muddy, chilly pumpkin field in late October as the sun is going down at 5 o'clock. And then we're going to make them eat actual pumpkin. Yeah, the real thing. Not the sweet kind, not the sweet ones, which really taste more like butternut squash. No, the not sweet kind, the icky kind of non-sweet pumpkin-y kind. Raw. Yeah, we're going to make them eat it raw. Uh Uh-huh, because that'll teach them. What we need to do is shock people's senses and palates back into line. It's like tough love. You got to just pull the Band-Aid off. All in one piece. A little bit of like shock therapy almost. It's like those camps in China where they send kids who are addicted to video gaming. You know about those? I saw a documentary about those camps. And those kids, they had like melted down. They acted like five-year-olds and they cried. And they refused to brush their teeth because they couldn't play video games. They had no internet access at all. It was crazy. We're going to model the place after those because that's actually a really good method. That's good methodology, and I think that's the way to go. Now, you'll remember that a few years ago on the show, uh, we talked about how we were building foodiness re-education camps all around the country. Mm -hmm. And while I haven't mentioned them in a while, the foodiness re-education camps are still a thing, and they're still going strong. We've actually been at max capacity for the last two years. Yeah. Because there's such a need. Now, I've been keeping it kind of quiet about the camps lately because of um, the pending lawsuits. Yeah, we had a couple of situations. But believe me, our methods work despite what those dumbass lawyers are saying. Abusive. Yeah, my ass. Anyway, after the initial shock therapy of the raw pumpkin ingestion therapy... Then we'll gradually work them up to maybe some roasted pumpkin, just a little salt, and then maybe a pureed soup with just a little bit of sweetness in it. And finally, if they've been really well behaved and they've totally complied with the program and they're keeping it in line and we think that their palate has been recalibrated and reset, we give them a slice of pie. But real pie, real pumpkin pie made from real pumpkin. Not even the canned kind that I use and cheat with, but real pumpkin pie. And it's going to be made by Kristen Wortman. Remember her? 
our resident nutrition educator and in-house baker, because Kristen is a really awesome baker. Now, so am I. I'm a good baker. But I'm really busy administering the treatment program, and we just bring her in once in a while to talk about nutrition and to bake. So she's going to do it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, while I'm speaking about Kristen, she also wrote an article this week for Newsweek magazine on the dangerous spraying of toxic chemicals in Brooklyn that they've been doing to combat West Nile virus. Mm -hmm. She baked the pies while she was writing that article, and she still made her deadline. Wonder Woman! So after they eat the pie in re-education camp, and they see and taste that real pumpkin and real pie spices don't, in fact, taste like a pumpkin spice latte-flavored, frappuccino-flavored, donut-filling-flavored coffee creamer ice cream bar, then, and only then, will we allow their families to come and take them home. Then they will be released. After they pay their bill, of course. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, more about the pump apocalypse. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Erica White. That's the music you're going to have to listen to when you're sitting in the cold, damp pumpkin patch, by the way, being re-educated. Because if anything's going to shock your senses, it'll be that. That was Odette Hartman, by the way. And now for the literary portion of Let's Get Real. Let's go a little highbrow, okay? Let's quote Shakespeare, shall we? But soft... What pinkish light through yonder window breaks? It is the sun, and Breast Cancer Awareness Month is the East. Okay, so we're paraphrasing a little bit there from Romeo and Juliet. So if you thought the pumpocalypse was bad, just wait. Because now, guess what? It's time for the pinkopalypse. Ocalypse. Pinkocalypse. Pinkocalypse. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, people, which apparently is necessary because there may be, oh, I don't know, five people in America who aren't aware of breast cancer, I guess, because maybe they were born, you know, three hours ago, or maybe they've all been in a coma since 1997 after eating contaminated candy corn in the Great Candy Corn Scare of 1997. I don't know. Oh, and that actually reminds me, candy corn, my faithful superfan and sometimes stalker, Eric Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. You know who you are. She sent me two pictures recently of canned frosting that she found in her Pittsburgh area Giant Eagle supermarket. Just to make me more insane than I already am. She's intent on pushing me completely over the edge. The first picture was of artificial candy corn flavored canned frosting. 
Candy corn flavored can frosting. What this? What does candy corn taste like, really, other than sugar? Now, I have to admit, you know, I do love a few candy corn every year at Halloween, except now they make my teeth hurt. I can't eat that stuff anymore. But it was artificial candy corn flavored canned frosting. And the other one, artificial maple bacon flavored canned frosting. Yeah, artificially flavored maple bacon. Seriously? Now, in this great agricultural nation that we live in, with so much natural bounty and abundant farmland and incredible food, wouldn't you think that they could have at least used real candy corn to flavor the first one? I mean, with all the corn grown in the USA, artificial candy corn flavor? I have no comment on that. But back to... What pinkish light through yonder window breaks? Yes, because in case you weren't aware, or you have been in some kind of Kimmy Schmidt-type bunker cult for a decade, the pink-washed pinkopolyps, pinkopolyps, is here. And oh no, it's not just the little pink ribbons anymore. It's the cancer breast, it's the, sorry, Komen Foundation Breast Cancer Industrial Complex total takeover of the month of October. You can't get away from it, even if you didn't want to be aware of it. So, like, up in Rye, New York, where I've been working on this restaurant, which hopefully is opening Friday, some very nice, very well-meaning local Real Housewives have been doing their own pinkwashing campaign for breast cancer. They fired up their pinkwashing machine with the same, some kind of, you know, paint the town pink campaign is what they're calling it or something. I don't know. And of course, all the local merchants have to join in because if you don't join in, then everyone's like, well, what? You're not you don't support breast cancer. You're not aware of it. Um, yeah, I'm aware of it. No people who have it. I yeah, I get it. But, you know, how much of that money is actually going toward it? 10 mm, percent Coleman. Hmm? Anyway, so you have to make a donation to these ladies. And then they bring you they brought us this gigantic like six feet long kind of curly, twirly, bright pink ribbon that we're supposed to hang on the front of our store, the front of the restaurant. This restaurant that took two years to design and build and create and is very highly sort of stylized. Um, we don't really want a big pink ribbon hanging out front. Kind of ruins the look, doesn't it? But if you don't put it up, then, you know, people are going to talk, Right. So it basically makes the whole main street of the town look like it was decorated by a princess-crazed five-year-old named Brianna Michaela, basically. So we've seen the pink ribbons and the pink shoes on the NFL players and the pink products and the pink-clad Avon walkers and the pink effing everything for breast cancer. We've seen it all. Enough to last a lifetime or until either the pumpocalypse or the pinkopalypse, really, and finally, just wipe us all out as a species, which really can't happen soon enough. But you haven't seen anything until you've seen the breast cancer donuts. Yeah, these are a real thing. These are ribbon shaped. They're actually infinity symbol shaped, which is sort of strange. Pink iced donuts. Donuts for breast cancer. Donuts for breast cancer. Am I making that point clear enough? Now, I'm not a doctor, surprised, although we do accept Obamacare for food and history education camps, 
But isn't there some pretty strong and pretty compelling science that connects breast and many other cancers to obesity? Uh, yeah, I think so. Particularly obesity caused by eating too much processed sugar and flour products fried in corn and soybean oils, which, by the way, soybean oil may turn out to be the true culprit in heart disease, too. Uh-huh. Stay tuned for that one. Not today, but soon. So if a donut, which pretty much encapsulates and incorporates almost everything that we now know to cause many cancers, including breast cancer, is being marketed and promoted as a tool for fighting said cancers, isn't there something so deeply and so truly wrong here that you just want to curl up in a fetal ball and hide? Because I know I do. If it weren't such a beautiful day out, I might just curl up here on the floor of the fallout shelter and never come out again. But it's really nice out today, so I am going to take a walk before I go to the gym. Oh, yeah. And also, throw in a good dose of pink food dyes and maybe some icing made from corn syrup and hydrogenated oils just to really pound that final nail into your own coffin. And where are these carcinogenic confections being sold? Well... I swear that I thought I saw them on a sign at Dunkin' Donuts. I was so sure I saw them there. But when I was searching for an image of them today, just to make sure, all I found was one for 7-Eleven. So maybe I saw them there? 7-Eleven? I don't know. Uh, which one's worse? Either way, it doesn't matter where they are. It matters that they exist at all. Oh, how about selling some real food instead? Like maybe not food made from sugar and white beach flour and soybean oil and dyes. Just a thought. Just putting it out there. We're going to take another little break so I can calm myself down, self-soothe. We'll be right back. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Kane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Kane5.com. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. Hey, have you checked out the new Heritage Radio Network website? It was launched last month. It's very cool. It's very interactive. There's, you can do all sorts of fun things on there. Like, I think we have a chat room. So you could get on the chat room and send me questions or, you know, talk to me, I guess. I haven't, I don't know. I just heard about that part today. Um, and they could talk to me and then oh, I'll re- relay it to you. To Jack. Yeah, you have to speak to Jack first. You can't. I'm like the customer service representative. Yeah, you're sort of, you know, like my Gail to Oprah. That's right. Yeah, you're my Gail. You can't talk directly to the star. But Jack is free to field questions. But yeah, you should check out our new website. It's really pretty freaking cool. You can also listen to all of our shows, you know, any show ever on there or on iTunes or on Stitcher. Heritage Radio is getting big, baby. We are growing up and we are listener supported. So you know what that means. Get out that credit card. Cough up some bucks. We'll send you a box of donuts if you do. Not really. Okay, so when nutritionists... But good nutritionists like Kristen, not evil nutritionists like that skinny woman on the Today Show with the tan. Nutritionists and real food evangelist types like myself. When we get all righteous and preachy about eating, we often will say you should eat 
the rainbow, which is what they tell kids to do today. Eat the rainbow. Okay, but we don't mean orange-dyed candy corn-flavored frosting or pink-tinted ribbon-shaped donuts. Okay, it's not what we mean by eating the rainbow. Or how about this one? The Burger King burger for Halloween that comes in a bun that's black. They dyed the bun black for Halloween. So eating a Burger King burger isn't detrimental enough for you. Now it comes with a black dyed bun. That, incidentally, will make you poop green. Because most black food dye actually is very, very, very dark green. It will make you poop green. Now, sometimes if I've eaten a lot of beets, I poop magenta. But that's a different story. It's kind of funny the first time it happens, although you think you're dying. But then you realize it's because you ate beets and you're not dying. Quite the opposite. But if your poop is green and it's not because you've OD'd on broccoli, then you've got a problem. Again, it's not exactly what we mean when we say eating the rainbow. And no, Skittles, you don't count either, okay? Despite your ad campaign about eating the rainbow, that's not the rainbow we're talking about. Now, it's fall, finally. It's fall here in New York and everywhere. And the world is turning beautiful colors outside. And the markets are filled with the most beautiful produce right now. Color is everywhere. So why do we need to make orange-colored pumpkin spice-filled Oreos? Or pink-dyed sports water for breast cancer. Why do we need to color and flavor and alter and process everything so much? This is the question I've been sitting here asking now for how many, how many years? Well, you know the answer, my friends. It's foodiness. We all know. It's a scourge on humanity. It's a stain on our very collective human soul. And it's not going anywhere. I mean, sure, we're making some progress. You know, fruit and vegetable consumption is actually up this year. It's up. Yeah. And you know what? Soda consumption is plummeting, going down, down, down. Unfortunately, what people are drinking instead is sports drinks and highly sweetened iced teas. So eh, we're not making that much progress there yet. And if you listen to my show last week about all the garbage, you know that people are drinking a lot of bottled water and bottled other stuff. And then apparently just throwing the trash all over the ground. Although I do have to say... I went back on the Major Welch Trail at Bear Mountain this weekend. No garbage. It was so clean, I couldn't believe it. So I think they listened to my show, and they were like, oh, my God, Eric Weitz from Let's Get Real just publicly humiliated us. We need to get the whole crew out on the mountain and pick up all the garbage because we don't want her coming back and seeing a mess. So thank you, Bear Mountain State Park. There was no garbage. It was actually really nice. But anyway, despite the fact that fruit and veg consumption is up and soda consumption is plummeting, that's not enough. We need to fight harder against foodiness. You know what we need? Oh, my God. I just thought of this. We need a, we need a foodiness awareness campaign. That's it. That's what we need. Forget breast cancer awareness. Forget autism speaks. Forget, I don't know what, dyslexia awareness we need a foodiness awareness campaign. We need ribbons. We need walks. We need celebrities to proclaim their support. I think I may have just found my new mission. That's it. It's foodiness awareness month. November. It's a little late now. So November will be foodiness awareness month. Campaign headquarters will be down here in the fallout shelter. And I'm totally going to do this. Who's with me? 
I need volunteers, people. I need people to staple ribbons together. I need people to collect funds. I need people to organize the walks and the awareness events and to book the celebrities. I need people to cater. I need copies made. Wait a second. I know what I need. I know what we need to get this campaign off the ground and make it so big that we knock the pink ribbons right off the chests of all those Coleman Foundation walkers. What we need, we need a big-ass corporate sponsor. That's what we need. Anybody know anyone at, uh, I don't know, Heinz? Let me know. That's all the time we have for today. Remember, November is Foodiness Awareness Awareness (laughs) Month. We'll be talking more about that in upcoming shows. In the meantime... If you don't want to eat shit, remember to keep tuning in to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food here on Heritage Radio Network with me, your host, Erica Weitz. Thanks to Jack Inslee, as always, for running the control room. Thanks to Odette Hartman for her music, and always to Kane Vineyard and Winery for supporting us. Next up, a short clip from Inside School Food. In the antibiotic-free and the the higher-end poultry products like we grow, it's easy for us to sell whole birds, it's easy for us to sell chicken breast, but when we're parting the birds out to, to sell chicken breast, we often end up with dark meat as a byproduct. And so what ends up happening with that dark meat is we usually end up just selling that as a commodity product into the marketplace, and we're not really able to get a premium price for it, even though it's a, it's a, it's a premium quality product. And so what the school districts are, we're able to sell that product into the school district and supply them with a premium quality product because of how we raise those birds. And then we're able to sell that into the school district that allows them to serve a meal at a very price conscious because they have very, very tight budgets they Mm -hmm. have to work with. And then we know that those kids are able to eat a quality meal. The schools are able to meet their budgets. And then we also end up with some marketing out of that. For more on this innovative program, check out Episode 5 of Inside School Food on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported nonprofit organization broadcasting over 30 live shows a week. To learn more and donate, visit our website or connect with us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram for more. Thanks for listening.